continue. Um, we talked last session about uh, how Jesus, when he died for our sins, uh, he died for all sins, both past, uh, present, future. Uh, yet that doesn't mean that we can just continue to live in sin, uh, because when he died, he made atonement for sin. All people are not automatically forgiven but the atonement has been made for all people, which means that the price has been paid. All people can now be forgiven if they choose to repent and turn to Jesus. But in order to receive the benefits, in order to receive the forgiveness, they need to repent and turn to God. So we will continue. Uh, I just want to mention before we go on very shortly that Man, according to the Bible, consists of body, soul, and spirit. It's a tree, how to say, we are kind of like three in one. Uh, I don't think we necessarily can separate these too much, as maybe some do, but we are body, soul, and spirit. Spirit. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 is one of the passages that is very clear that uh, soul and spirit is separate. Uh, and that we consist of body, soul, and spirit. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 is uh, another passage that, that speaks, that clearly separates soul and spirit. And when the Bible talks about this new birth that is happening, it is talking about our spirit or our inner man, our, our new creation. So when I get saved, there is a new birth that happens inside of me. It's not my soul that get born again, because my soul is, is the same. It's not my body that gets uh, born again. Uh, my, I still have my same body. I still have my same soul. But still, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, when we are in Christ, we are a new creation. What is this new creation? It's the spirit inside of us. And Jesus, when he talked to Nicodemus uh, in John chapter 3, uh, he said that this is not a physical birth, but it's a spiritual birth. What is born of flesh is flesh. What is born of spirit is spirit, Jesus said. So when it comes to our total humanity, us as a person. When it comes to our flesh, Galatians 5.24 says that our flesh needs to be crucified. When it comes to our soul, Romans 12.1 and 2 says that our soul needs to be re renewed. And when it comes to our spirit, it needs to be born again. That is kind of God's solution for for us. Our flesh needs to be crucified. That is a process that happens even after we are born again. We need to learn how to crucify our fleshly, fleshly desires and the things that pull us uh, against, uh, away from God. Uh, our soul needs to be renewed by the Word of God. When we receive teaching, when we meditate on the Word, we are renewing our soul and our spirits. God has already dealt with when we got born again. Uh, I will not go too deep into that. Uh, 
Now, uh, we will maybe do that in another teaching when we talk about the issue of body, soul, and spirit. But we, we looked on that in the new covenant, it's more, uh, more than just having our sins forgiven. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit that God wants to do was to give us power to live the supernatural life. That, that's what God uh, wanted. And we read in uh, earlier, we read from Joel, uh, where it talks about God wanting to pour out His Spirit on all flesh in the last days. And the result would be that they would prophesy, they would have visions, they would have dreams. Uh, in other words, God wanted to open up the supernatural for all people, His supernatural way of communicating with us. Uh, and also, when we see about Jesus, when He talked about this uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit, we see that the purpose of it was that we would receive power. And I want us to read uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The background here is that Jesus is about to ascend to the Father, and the disciples, they are very curious about, you know, what will happen to Israel as a nation, and I mean, they looked at Jesus as the Messiah, and He was the Messiah, but their image of Messiah was some that would kind of restore Israel to its glory. So, so they wanted to know if, if now was the time when, when Jesus was going to kind of kick out the Romans and establish Israel again. Uh, and Jesus is kind of trying to explain to them that, no, no, this is not, you know, this is not for you to know when these things will happen. And then he says in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So Jesus said that when the baptism of the Holy Spirit come, when the Holy Spirit come, the result would be that they would get power. Power to do what? Power to be witnesses. So when Jesus talks about the baptism here, it's kind of interesting to see that he doesn't put an emphasis necessarily only on speaking in tongues. He, he basically doesn't mention that. But he says that the result will be power, power to be effective witnesses. And if there is one thing that the, the first Christians were, they were effective in their witness. They basically reached the whole world as they knew it. Um, the Bible, I will not talk more, uh, much about this now, but basically the Bible talks about two baptisms that are for us. Uh, actually, it's three because it talks about the uh, baptism of uh, John, which is technically not the same baptism as we do today. But for us today, there are two important baptisms. It's the baptism in water, and it's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in water is for us to burn the bridges to our old life. Romans 6 talks about this, that when we get baptized, we get buried with Christ, 
We are under the water, we will get buried. Our old man is gone. In other words, we are burning the bridges to the old life. But the baptism and the Holy Spirit is not to bury the old life, but that's to give us power to live the new life. And we need both of them. We need to bury our old life, and we need to receive power to live the new life. So it's about more than just speaking in tongues. Even though that issue has often been uh, focused very much on, and I do believe that that's a super important issue. But there is more to the issue of the, the being filled with the Spirit, the, the baptism and the Holy Spirit, call it whatever you want. There is more to it than just the issue of speaking in tongues. Actually, in the Bible, when you go through the book of Acts, uh, this morning when I was uh, uh, preparing for the teaching uh, today, uh, I was just kind of going a little bit through the book of Acts, looking at the different uh, results of the people being filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we see very clearly all from the start that one of the signs, and you can see this in the notes, uh, if you download them or you can take a look at them here, uh, we see that boldness when it came to evangelism, that was one of the first very clear signs that they had been baptized with the Holy Spirit. They went from a scared group of people hiding behind closed doors to suddenly become bold in their witness for Christ. Uh, we see in Acts 4, 29 to uh, 31, we see that they had a new power in prayer it changed their prayer life. And I think everyone who has been baptized in the Holy Spirit can attest to that, that it, that it changes your prayer life when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We see in Acts 19, verse 6, we see prophetic speech uh, happens when people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, Acts 5, 15 to 16, we see that miraculous signs and wonder healings as a result of people being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and believe it or not, wisdom is a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Some people might say, well, that hasn't always been the case, and that might have been so, but that should be a result of being filled with the Spirit, that you get a new wisdom uh, especially when it comes to the things of God. Joy, Acts 13, 52, talks about joy being a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, we need to see that it talks about more than just one single sign, even though that's an important sign, and I do believe in some way that that's kind of like the entry point we need to see that there is more to it than that. I want again now to read uh, from Joel chapter 2, uh, verse 28 and 29. I know we read that in the very beginning when we started this series, but I want us to read this again now and take a look at some things. Because I, I have been emphasizing that the new covenant is about God wanting a new, more intimate, 
a new relationship with man. And when we read Joel 2, uh, 28 and 29, it says that I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old man will dream dreams, and your young man will see visions. In those days I will pour out my spirit, even on servants, men and women alike. In the time when Joel was saying this, uh, it was a very male-dominant society. So when Joel is saying, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, I'm sure many of them kind of automatically was thinking, oh, okay, upon all men. But then he kind of continues and he says, no, your daughters will prophesy. And I'm sure people were like, ah, oh, women also? Uh, then he talks about young men will see visions in those days. I will pour my spirit even on servants, he says. And, and I read in some commentaries, it, it uh, says that Jews in those days when they had serv servants, it was usually Gentiles. Jews didn't usually have uh, Jewish servants. If they had servants, it was usually uh, Gentiles. It's kind of one of those hints that was what God was going to do was not only going to be for the Jews, but he was serious when he says, I want to pour out my flesh, upon uh, my spirit upon all flesh. So what Joel is kind of emphasizing here is that the new thing that God would be doing was going to be for everyone. Today, many kind of argue back and forth, is the baptism in the Holy Spirit for all people or is it only for a selected few? Selected few? No, God made it clear, it's for everyone. For men and women alike, from uh, old men to young men to women to men to servants to non-servants, it's supposed to be for everyone. And then, you know, I'm sure people's expectation was really high. Like, wow, how will this be? And then we enter into the New Testament and John the Baptist enters the scene. And now people started to understand that we are getting really close. Because now John was saying that, you know, the time was at hand. It was like, he said, the one who comes right after me. So now people started to understand that, okay, the Messiah, this new thing that God will do, it's getting really, really close. And John, he brings more light to the issue. In Matthew uh, chapter 3, verse 11, uh, John is saying, I baptize with water those who repent for their sins and turn to God, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. And then he says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You know, when we read that, it's so easy that we just read it and we continue and we miss how amazing this is. Uh, if you are from a background that uh, practice uh, 
baptism with full immersion. You probably know that the word baptism means to be fully immersed, to be dipped under. Uh, and I've read in commentary that the word baptism, uh, baptize, was a quite common word. It was not a, a religious word. One commentary actually pointed out that uh, a very common way that people would use the word baptism was when they colored clothes. They would take a piece of cloth and they would dip it into the collar. And when the collar had fully soaked the cloth, when it was completely colored, then they would say it had been baptized. Now, I want you to try to imagine what was going through the minds of those people who was listening to John. Because they didn't have a religious view of the word baptism. They just knew the word baptism or baptize. They just knew that as being dipped completely under until you are fully, how to say, wet or soaked, and then you are baptized. So try to imagine how it must have sounded to them when John is saying about Jesus, he will baptize you. Baptize you in what? In the Holy Spirit and fire. What they were hearing is that the one who comes after me, he will take you and he will dip you in, under, in the Holy Spirit until, so to say, the color of the Holy Spirit has fully saturated you. He will baptize you. He will dip you into the Holy Spirit and fire. I can imagine they were going like, what in the world is he saying? How can somebody dip me into, fully immerse me in the Holy Spirit? I mean, the Holy Spirit is God. I think so often we miss the amazing thing that happens when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Very often because we think we hear baptized in the Holy Spirit and then we maybe imagine some goosebumps and some good feelings and, and that's it. No, what John was saying is that Jesus, he would come and he would dip us into God until we got fully immersed and until how to say, from using the words that uh, Bible commentaries were using, until the color of him became one with us, until we get, how to say, soaked with him. I'm, I'm trying to, to communicate here that when, when the Bible talks about the baptism and the Holy Spirit, it is more than just a feeling. It is actually God coming. It's actually us being immersed with God to the extent that we get changed. Our color changes. Our nature changes. Uh, our behavior changes. Why? Because we have been immersed. The baptism and the Holy Spirit is more than just getting a few drops of the Holy Spirit. No, it's God immersing you in His Spirit to the extent that you are being changed. There is a lot more we could say about that, but I just want to end this session with mentioning that in Galatians 5, 
22. It talks about the fruits of the Spirit, love, peace, joy, and it continues. Uh, all of these things come as a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. When I get immersed in the Holy Spirit to the point where he starts to saturate my life, then suddenly love becomes a part of who I am. Peace, uh, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, everything come as a result of me being immersed in the Holy Spirit and as I am, suddenly the Holy Spirit starts to color my life to the extent that my character is changing. I am changing. Why? Because I have been immersed by the Spirit of God. I pray that for you, for everyone that is listening, for those who maybe are listening on YouTube or Facebook, my prayer is that we would have a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit where we not only have some goosebumps and some uh, nice atmosphere in the meeting, but where we get immersed with him to the extent that he is changing us, our lives are being changed, and then people around us will notice that there is something different. Why? because we have been filled, we have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. It says about John and Peter when they were brought before the religious leaders, it says that they could see that they had been with Jesus. I want that to be true in my life, and I hope that your desire is that people will see Jesus in you. That happens when we receive a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit when we get immersed with Him. Amen? Let us take a short break before we continue again.